Welcome to episode 142 of the Muck Podcast, a member of the Odd Pods Media Network. Listen in as we discuss the dark and sometimes weird true stories in American politics. I'm Tina Hadamio. And I'm Hillary uh, motherfucking Doherty. Yes. <laughs> oh, hi. 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 Is that hot? That's so if I was hot. at a bar and I w- and I was looking across at a guy and I went like this. All right, go to YouTube to check out what I'm gonna yes, what I would do yes. at a bar. Yeah, go to YouTube. Random, go to YouTube. Some rando. I, this is what I would. This be hot. You think this would turn somebody on? Hi. <laughs> yes. That's hot. Oh my god! Everything <laughs> you do is hot. <laughs> I don't know about that. Oh my god. Um. Hello, welcome to a early fucking edition. An early edition. <laughs> it's still dark out. It it's is, still it dark is, out. It is. It because is. we've got soccer games today. We've got uh, life that happens. We are back soccer in games, it. baby. We're showers. back in it. Like we're back into yeah. school for the last month, right? Like we're back into yes. Uh, oh my god, everything. We're Hockey's in the middle. Back. We're in the middle of hurricane season. Boy Scouts, hurricane. There's a hurricane coming. There's a hurricane, and guess what the name oh. is? Oh wait, they named it. What is it? E- Enid. <laughs> Wait, Enid. are you fucking kidding me? No. Oh my god, Enid. Wait, was that Enid. on the regular podcast or was that Patreon? Oh, that may have been our Patreon. So yeah, my father can't oh. say the name Ian for some reason, and he thinks that it's a, a name that's just you know not common. Where they get those names from anyway? Yeah, <laughs> what they name the baby Ian. Ian. And then Ian. I said, it reminded me of Big Fat Creek Wedding when the father's like, what's his name? Ian Miller. His yes. name was Ian, which is fucked up that we, that that's the same thing. And the guy, the dad was like, sorry, that's okay. And the dad was like, Ian Miller. 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 Oh my God. What did I get the name of that? I was telling him when I saw him yesterday, like how much he made me laugh with oh. Ian. And then he was like, did I ever tell you this is story about Cheek? And I was like, okay. So there was this guy, Cheek. <laughs> he was so, he was real funny, yeah. real, real funny. Yes. And uh, he's like, you know, he went to Hawaii. He goes, one time he go to Hawaii, him and his wife. And he, uh. and they had the Hawaii, they come back and I go, well, what island you go to? <laughs> I love my father. Okay. Yeah. Like she just, he just, he's so fucking sweet. So I go, what island you go to? And he go, Alulu. <laughs> like he go, yeah, he go, because he can say Honolulu. You know Honolulu, and then my dad could say <laughs> <laughs> He's laughing at cheek. Honolulu. He goes, he went to Lulu. I was dying. That's hilarious. I was dying. And then he told, oh, no, this is the last story. It's so stupid. So no, then he was I like. Told, I, this whole podcast was you telling me your dad's stories. This so week is a bestseller, bitch. So then he's like, he's like, you know, one time uh, they, they were, uh, they were, uh, Rosina was driving. So Rosina's his wife and she is so funny. Yeah. So she was, she's, she's and he, she has now passed away. Oh, rest uh, in peace. But, but he was. Oh, he was so funny. So he said that they're, they're driving down the road. And him, my dad goes, you know, they're driving down the road. Next thing you know, whoop, whoop, the police are come. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay. I got it. I think I know what that was. <laughs> and he goes, so the police are come. It comes at your speed. And, and Rosina said, you should give the ticket to my husband. He's the one that taught me to drive. <laughs> 
I don't know why I was like dying. It's so funny. It's so stupid, but it made me laugh so much. Oh my God. I was like, what is going on? Oh Aww. my God. His stories Dad. made me laugh. And I just love his sweet stories when, like, I think about, uh, and I've never met, please, can we please? I know, we have to make this please. happen. But the story about how... Um, he would just give things away from the house. Yeah. Like, Here, take it. This, just take, take it. it. And your mom's like, this it. is my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like giving everybody, telling people like customers to yeah. come, come to the yeah, house, have dinner. whatever you want. Oh yeah. my God. Um, it's so fucking good. So funny. Well, I mean, not to go. Oh no, yeah. Uh, well, no, not to we're get, living in a world of, of But let me, horror. before we get into any of the crazy stuff, I do want to say um, that we are very sorry. Oh my goodness. To say that um, our friend Kate's and Heather's father passed away last week. And I know that Kate listens and I know. Uh, and her dad Kenneth Kahn was just this incredible artist incredible and artist just the kindest person. man just so sweet and kind and loving and like a wonderful father and grandfather and I just my heart goes out to that family because yeah. I know that he was a big part of you know yes Kate's life of course and, and it, it's just terribly sad it's terribly sad yeah so it's I'm thinking about you guys sad. Yeah, sure we we'll love you soon. so much. We have his art hanging in our houses, I know. right? We have I've that wonderful been, I've art show. I've been looking at his art Me too. all week. Oh my God, that's so all weird. Week. Me too. I have this huge painting that he, it, it almost looks like a charcoal drawing of um, his friend Paul. That's all it was called was Paul. And I'd asked Kate's mom, like, who was this guy? And he looks, I really like it because he looks a lot like our friend Anthony Ginsburg. Oh, yeah, like he, has he does. He has these round glasses and yes. he falls. But um, he just looks like an interesting character. And apparently Paul was one of uh, Ken, Ken's uh, good friends. And he, like, was this brilliant guy. He went to Oxford and he came oh. back and he was like, I, I don't, I'm going to drive a cab and drove a New York City cab for the rest of his life. Like I love that. <laughs> like he just didn't Let's care. Go, Paul. Like he was really funny and he read a lot. Like there was this whole story. So yeah, I was I was looking at that this week, thinking about Kate and and Heather yeah. and everybody. So our love goes out to you guys. Um, and we talked about him on the podcast before. Yes. Yes. When I wore my beret, remember? <gasps> yes. <laughs> okay. So. How about a uh, funny story? You want to hear a funny story before yes. we talk about the death that's the whole, Florida? Yes, and the, and everywhere. Okay, yes. so my cat, I thought, got out. Our little oh, black no. cat. And I couldn't find her anywhere. And I, it's when the kids were here like two weeks ago. And I was like, where is this? Like, I could not find her. And I, I ended up going into my daughter's room because, and she was still awake. And I was looking under the bed. I'm like, I don't know where the cat is. So she's freaking out. We're freaking out. Oh, no. I go to the front yard. I'm looking. I'm like lucky i've had the oh, treats and i'm like lucky, lucky. <laughs> right no cat but i hear this strange noise in the backyard like from the front like on this like i was on the side of the house i heard a noise in the backyard like I'm a like, rustling or something yeah like oh i'm like what the <gasps> fuck is that i'm like okay maybe the cat's in the backyard oh so God. i come back in the house i walk out the back i'm standing on my little por like porch when you walk out the, the back door and it's dark in the backyard and I have my flashlight on my phone, which is for shit, right? It's like garbage. You're freaking me out. In the pool, I see this, no fucking lie, it's got to be three feet fucking long, black thing, just moving in the what? pool. What? And I was like, what? Oh my God, what the fuck? And you know, it's one of those things like when you know when there's things that you never see and all of a sudden it's right. like this new thing in your mind, like my right. brain You're can like, what process. Is it? Was it like a raccoon, a possum? What was it? It was a raccoon. <gasps> It no. was a raccoon. Woo, no. Here's the worst part. I come down the steps. You would think this thing would start to haul ass. It's like, how you doing? Like fucking <laughs> hanging out, backstroke, bitch. This is what we do at night. Yeah, I mean, I was you like, took our space, so we're gonna take yours. I walk almost All to right. the entire side of the pool, 
And I I look over and it's still in the pool. And I look (gasps) over and uh, it's wet like by the stairs, which means that it had gotten in at the stairs and come out and got back in. Like this fucking thing was having time in its life. But it could have been rabid. It was disgusting. So finally, like it was swimming towards the deep end. And I go... (laughs) excuse me no you didn't me like do you not see me here like get the fuck like not scared of anything and he kind of uh, like pulled himself up in the yeah, deep end and uh, just went like this like sauntered off into the bushes and i was like this motherfucker oh no so no. then i came back in and i t- <laughs> said to my daughter we have worse uh things going on than than lucky missing and she's like what do you mean what could it be i said we have to move like the raccoons have taken over and we got to get the fuck out of here oh my god like it's we're a hop skip and jump and the motherfucker sleeping in my bed i would have freaked out number one number two like is it don't they say like if they're rabid like they're not afraid of people listen so there's a little family of raccoons and i think they live in the underneath like the deck now they're comfortable yeah in the neighbor behind me and so like right before like right at dusk if i'm in the pool like after running you know i'll be in the pool i'll see them walking along the fence line in the backyard oh no and i'm like it's not like that's what you always heard it's if you see a raccoon during the day it's fucking oh, it's okay. fucked right but at night it's okay like right before right, night right right okay or like early in the morning if i were to go out there like an hour right. ago you would see it see them walking but they're that's a little too comfortable yeah no way yeah no way i saw a little family of raccoons in my neighborhood too and oh so a similar weird wild encounter happened yeah. to my husband okay so i get a text from work and he's like there's a fox in the building and they oh, that's <laughs> running up and down the and hallways <gasps> of the school and it was rabid oh, so they no. had to like keep everyone at bay you know like it was like a soft lockdown because you they couldn't have the kids out in the hallway oh my so god so he sent me videos of this this uh, oh i would love to see around. that it was so oh my weird god that is weird weird well you know we but we're, we're in their space i was just gonna say that i was just gonna say that because we've got foxes in this neighborhood too, yeah. but like, this is where they're supposed to be, right? You know we have what I foxes. Mean? I mean, in my neighborhood, I've seen rabbits, foxes, yeah, rabbits. chicken, mm-hmm. raccoons, possum. Ugh. Oh, sometimes oh when I used to run early in the morning, oh my god! And I don't those eyes. No, no. evil. No, that's what this raccoon looked at me like. Ooh. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. And then I was thinking I, about the see, pool company, and, and I'm like, I'm paying this fucking pool company <laughs> to dump chemicals in here for this. And then how about this? Yesterday morning, no hand, my hand to God, I'll show you this. I go out there to turn the pool pump on. And I was like, what is that next to the stairs? Like right where you get into the pool? It's disgusting. Look, animal shit. Oh no, the raccoon. It looks like, it almost looks like human poop. It's the raccoon. And I took a picture and I'm like, they're coming for me. These oh, fuck, no. they want my house. They want to no. take over. no. Which at this point, like, I would the have, way Florida is, I'd be like, let's leave it to the raccoon. I would not have gone outside. If it, if I would have seen that in the pool, there's no way I would have I was walked just, outside. I, you know what? I was at first, I was very, I was like, what is this? What's going on? Then I was like, he doesn't even give a fuck that I'm standing <laughs> here. Like, I've got no dominance over this animal who's using my pool as if it's a spa. This isn't a vacation, motherfucker. Get out of my pool. That's, he was doing what I should be doing. Right. He's That's like, what I was supposed to do in the pool. I was supposed to fucking do this and like chill. Not I you. love like the image disgusting. of this raccoon backstroking. <laughs> and by the way, their hands are like human hands. No. Like it's so fucking no. fucked up. And now I keep posting funny shit about raccoons no. in my Instagram stories <laughs> because they're fucking animals. They're monsters. Okay. Oh my God. They're fucking monsters. I mean, they're cute, but no. I'm still scared of them. Listen. I'm scared of every animal, well, really. Me too. 
Well, except my kitty kitties. <laughs> well, I mean, that's different. Yeah. <laughs> Non-domesticated. So let's talk about how DeSantis is getting his ass fucking handed to him in oh, lawsuits. Thank God. Oh, I, I hope I they guess, stick, Guess too. who's uh, one of the people suing him? Who? Senator Jason Pizzo. <gasps> Whoa, hot stuff. No. Get it, legal brain. No. Now Ooh. we really need to get him on little mug. We Listen, got I haven't I'm text- tired. No, no, no. I'm I, tired I was of supposed that. to reach out and I haven't yet. Tina, I'm I, going to. I, I, I'm we sorry. Have asked it's been him crazy. Several times. I know, but the last time I saw him, I have the phone number. I have all the things. I have all well, the I'm things. ready for it. And I gotta tell you, yesterday, our good friend Senator Lauren Book. Oh, she's she's amazing. you know, she's the 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 minority leader in the Florida Senate. She tweeted a video to promote, I think it's supposed to be Senate victory, uh, like the pack. Yeah. They put out a video promoting these five women that are trying to get reelected in, in the Senate and two new, two new women of yeah, the five. Yeah, yeah. It's incredible. Oh. A great little intro to these women, what they're about, blah, 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 blah. We're going to keep fighting we for you. We need like, them. We need it, them. It was a great video. I retweeted it. It's a great video. Oh my God. I'm here for it. I don't I, know. Um, I see the, polls and it's like DeSantis, Chris, DeSantis, Chris. Like, I don't know what polls I'm supposed to believe in. Really? I don't believe uh, after can't, 2016, yeah. I don't believe anything. We don't poll, know anything. We're not going to know anything until like what? 10 o'clock, maybe 11 o'clock on November 8th. Is it November yeah. 8th? Um, so it's uh, frightening. This, this race to me is the most important. Yeah. This, and it's just like, and I don't know if we mentioned it. We didn't mention it when we saw Carla Hernandez Matz, who's the Lieutenant Governor nominee from, uh, with Chris. Yeah. She said, but you better believe this is a presidential election. It may not, oh. it may not say President DeSantis 100%. there, but you, we need to send a message to the country 100%. that this guy should not be president. And this is a presidential election. We got to knock him out. And I thought that was a great way to sell it. Like this is a, this like, he, listen, whether he wins or not, he's going to run for president. Right. But let's give him, let's send the, let's send him as a loser as a candidate and let's put him on stage next to regular republicans and make him drown like that's what i think will happen because he's not trump he's very um unlikable not that trump's likable but trump you know what i mean trump's got that something Uh, my mom and i were just talking about uh, trump we were talking about trump and i was like he's got to be the greatest con artist in all of history like he conned an entire country to elect him president like he's got to go down as the greatest con artist of all time I, and I was looking at him the other day. Something is going on. No, 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 no. There's, There's very something going because on. Because you know what it is. A lot of a lot does, of the times that we sick, see him he now, looks he's weird. Because most of the, the the times that we've seen him before, he's always wearing heavy makeup. Yeah, like he'd always have that tanner. Yeah, and and that's not happening now. He's just like this pale. It's so he's weird. very old. So, he looks his ugh. age now. Ugh. And th- so here's some things about Trump that frightened me this week. And I get that he's doing it sort of as like, I guess, a Hail Mary, like um, a, a, a way to try to remain relevant in politics. I don't know. But he was at a rally and he was wearing a QAnon pin. Like he put, what? yeah, like he signaled the song and he had the song. So he had the song playing in the background and he was wearing a pin. And I was like, yeah, he's got this- no, but you know what else? This guy's crazy. And then he's got no one left. He's got, he's no, got one left no one left to so tell him that this, no, sir. Well, we need and to this. he's got no one really left kind of supporting him. So now right. he's got to go. Gotta now he's got to really like buy into right. QAnon. Which are the mental patients. Oh my God. And They're then, mentally ill. And then, but Trump and Graham also this week. Oh, please. Right. Are, are almost doing a repeat of January 6th. We're seeing a repeat Ooh. of January 6th because it's like people will take to the streets. People will riot if he's indicted. Right, oh, please. But but it's the same language. He's he, they're putting the same 
language out there and then they're going to claim like I had nothing to do with it but there's that's another signal to their people and and guess what Lindsey Graham it's on record like we're going to be able to play it that you said these things and also here's the other thing Lindsey Graham's been in the fucking he's so gross the senate for so long that he forgets we've heard him say this a million other Um, times it's like the little boy who cried wolf Oh, and you know? he and him it's, with it's, his it's so uh, tired. Stop threatening people. We're, don't you can't threaten us with a riot. We saw the riot. We got it. We got it. And by the way, January six hearings are coming back soon. <sighs> and guess who agreed to an interview with them? Which Ew. I don't think I don't know if it'll be televised. Well, yeah, I guess they'd put it up. Um, Jenny Thomas. <gasps> she's agreed to be interviewed by January 6th committee. So sometimes they'll do those like via Zoom or like with all her right. attorneys, like, but they'll show that video like clips of that in the Ooh. thing. So I don't know if she'll be live in the actual hearing, but they'll definitely, they're going to the, talk to the her other first. thing that I'm loving is our, uh, the, the, the New York, uh, the state attorney going after yes. Trump. Oh, and doing honey. this civil suit. She was amazing. Honey. She was. A little. Uh, a the little, art of the steel. Yeah, a little fresh. A little fresh. Like I we, liked it. Let's keep it. Prof- for me, I needed to keep it professional. Let's not look like we're but, really that assholey about Trump. Because we are. We are. But, that, but let's leave the jokes to him. But. You know. And and the fact that the IRS now is going to be involved. Like, I just, mm. I, I want to see. It. I, he, also, he may not be able to go down for January 6th, but he's going to go down for something. Yeah. He's got to go down for something. Yeah. And, and I That's am going to rejoice. And if they never get to do business in New York again. Oh, yeah. I just, they, they made so much money off of the presidency. And also, they have corrupted yeah. this office. All these people that love America and are so patriotic, they've corrupted the office of the presidency. Like, screw all of you. Yeah. Like, and it pisses me off that, that they look at us as we're not patriotic. Please. Because just because we're not waving a flag around doesn't mean that we don't love this country. Mm. God dang. Also, uh, it's great because I think that we talked about it. We had a great episode. I be- I looked it up. I believe it was episode 20. It's called Baby and Papa Kush. Oh, yeah. And it was a double <laughs> header. Where, uh, I think, I don't know which one did Papa. And, wait, you did Papa and I did Baby? We covered the Kushners? Yes, yes, yes. So yes, Jared yes. Kushner and his father. I think, yeah. What a story. I don't remember, <laughs> I don't remember who did what. But like, what a storied family. And so when the whole thing comes out about... Um, you know, the, what Trump, what Trump and his children were doing by overinflating their property values. And then uh, an to, to, to get to like, say the values is, so it looks like they have money and then undervaluing it to the IRS, right? Saying it that, so they don't pay the taxes higher. So they're trying to benefit from making it look like they have money, but then really paying nothing on taxes because they're undervaluing the property. It is so fucking insane. That's an insane it's, thing to it's do. Insane. And they've been doing it for decades, for decades. and decades. Right. And and all of the real hardworking Americans who are following this family and and uplifting this family, like they're they're playing you for a fool. Yeah, but it, and it's, so, it's it's a shame. Like I, yeah. I I I almost feel sorry for this group of people. Yeah, I do. But then I don't because their decisions are going to wreak havoc on the country for decades to come, and they already have. Yeah. And there's something, so anyway, but it's before I get back, I, I have something to say about what you just said, which I think is interesting. But also my point was that what I, what I meant to say was that the, with the Kushners is like, this family was just as fucking corrupt. And like Jared Kushner walked into like a corrupt family and just kept doing this whole property thing that he was already doing. It was so fucked. That's a great fucking episode, by the way. Yeah. Great episode of our podcast. Ooh, go but back. the thing of like, I, I feel sorry for the people too, but there's also something about the personality of a Trumper that um, even if... I think we've talked about this before, but even if they think that they are wrong where they go, Oh, 
like they see January 6th, right? right. Like that's a line that's been crossed. And they're like, yeah. I don't know. This is not, I don't support this. I think it's very difficult because of their personalities to be like, all right, I'm out. Like yeah. it's very difficult. Yeah. And the people who have done it have had like uh, been arrested at Jan- January yeah. 6th, right? So we don't see very often that they'll actually accept the fact that they made a mistake by supporting this lunatic. Right. right. And so they won't come out and, and rectify that or not yeah. come out like publicly, but just be like, yeah, oops. Yeah. Like they, even if they recognize it, they fucking double down. Yeah. They, 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 they believe every, cr- the one crazy thing after the other. I know that it was, uh, that it was, uh, God, what do they say? Antifa and like, yeah. it's so stupid. Or, you know, like, I don't know. Should I, I mean, I was listening to a podcast this week and like, uh, you know, take not wanting to take a side like so you so intense on staying in the middle you can't and be like well this is what the right says and this is what the left said yeah. and they're all crazy and it's like well no, yeah there's no. actually not that's really not the case so and, there's and facts there- and there's not facts right and so you can have an opinion about what the right says and what the left says but at the end of the day if we are not f- basing what we're talking about in facts and truth then your opinion is shit. It doesn't mean anything. And if your opinion is, oh, shut up and get over it. That's a nice place of privilege. About about DeSantis and immigrants. uh, (laughs) Yeah, you're sitting in, you're steeped in fucking privilege. So no, we're not going to shut up and we're not going to get over it. Like that, the we, speaking of patriots, I love this fucking country. I know Tina loves this country and we stand for a country and we know that we are better as a country than people who treat immigrants this way right all of us are immigrants this is a human rights issue we're all immigrants all of our family members came here for a better life but the spin the spin is the crazy thing because like you know this whole thing with 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 um these these poor people who were trafficked to uh uh, martha's vineyard the way that they're spinning it is like we sent these 50 people and their children so it's you know, more. We sent, so we sent these people to Martha's Vineyards and the liberals didn't even want them. They deported them. That's what they keep saying. They yeah. deported them. They put them into like the actual state because Martha's Vineyard is like a, a, a vacation spot. Like they don't They're have equipped the resources to take that. So it wasn't like they were, they deported them back to Texas. Like, and they didn't deport them at all. Like the language that they're using to spin it to now say like the liberals don't want these people either. It's such... If garbage. somebody, if it's you such garbage, Tina, like, just go read several articles and you can see what's happening, but they don't see it. If you were to walk outside your front door right now and see a family standing there who has nowhere to go, you would help them. You would be like, come inside. Let me make you a meal. I'm going to call somebody who specializes in this, right. who can help, fi- help you find shelter, food, work, away, work yes. housing, right? Like I'm going to help you. That's what Martha's Vineyard did. They didn't open their door, look at them and go, no, that's not what they did. But that's what DeSantis did. DeSantis saw these people and said, get them the fuck out of here. The lying. That's what he did. It's crazy. And we talked about, did we talk about the letter that DeSantis gave them? Um, I talked a little bit. Oh, that it was in English? Yeah. Did we talk about that? No. So, so um, it, it was in English and then they had a translated version. The English one was three paragraphs. The translation was two. And one of the paragraphs that they were signing is like, we will not be held liable for anything that happens, whatever. That was the part in English that they didn't translate. And these people were signing this, this document. And that's a deception. Like, well, that is yeah. a crime. Well, now this lawsuit. Now this is a crime. The lawsuit is. Can you imagine no, this? No, because the lawsuit. A sitting governor. 
Well, the <gasps> sheriff in Bear, in, in Bear County in Texas, who's now investigating this, I was like, oh, great. A sheriff's investigating. That's really going to go somewhere. And then I saw his press conference and I was like, oh, this motherfucker ain't playing. And oh, I he didn't talked see about, this. he said, you, I'll, I'll send you the clip. He said, um, they're investigating it because the stories that they've been talking, they've been talking to them, the, the folks who were moved, they basically sent people from Florida. They called them operatives to go to these, they're, they're asylum seekers. They're not, they're not, they came here, which is legal right. to come here and seek asylum. Yes. So it's a different level of like what they say Coming is over. illegal. Right. This is a legal asylum seeking. It's part of You're, our constitution. Yes. Like you can come here asking for help. Right. And so they went outside one of those facilities, like people, and they showed up in like black SUVs and they're like, hey, would you like this better job? We can offer you housing. No. And what he called lured them. And he's like, and like he goes, that's right. I'm not going to, I'm not, we're not going to mess around. He, they lured people. They, they didn't go to like a detention they, center and, and was like, who wants? No, they literally stood outside and was like, would you like to come with us on a plane? Like we, we're going to give you all of these things. That's what they did. They, they specifically specifically targeted people and said this. Wow. It is, it is crazy what the fuck they did. It's crazy. Not, it's, it's like, a, it's like, a, it's like a, a predator yeah. going after children in the van. Like, I have puppies. I have candy. But, but also, like, like it's deceptive. There's no, there's no other. It's, it's yeah, And here's the worst part. And, it's, and this is how we know it's a stunt, right? We know right. this is for the cameras. Is that nobody was saying, okay, what's, where's the next plane going to go? Who are we going to send there? there that, this all existed. This whole trip existed in the mind of DeSantis and his goons, right? They created this whole thing. Nobody was looking for DeSantis for help. Nobody said, oh, maybe we can send. No, they said, how do we get, who are we going to target? to get on here right we'll go to texas and and, and, and lure grab people some on people. then we'll have a photo They're opportunity so then we'll give stupid. them this stuff then we'll send them to martha's vineyard because that's liberal right. uh, like this was all calculated uh, very calculated wow wow and then my favorite part of all of it is they're like there's a, there's someone who was accused of murder like they the, everything oh. is about criminalizing these people oh, like God. it's so gross yeah. and it's like it's so obvious what they're doing and again how the people listening to them can't see this and can't think like what it's no business of DeSantis to even be going into another state to begin with. Yeah, that's crazy. Also, I don't I don't know if you watch regular television because I, I don't, don't. But on YouTube, when I watch my Judge Judy reruns, there was a DeSantis ad and it oh. was a woman saying that her son or, or daughter was murdered by a twice um, deported illegal alien, which I don't like saying, but that's what she says in the commercial. So that's He's now so the spin gross. is that it's He's like so Trump gross. where they're sending us their murderers and their yeah. rapists or the drug yeah. dealers and their rapists, yeah. right? Like that's the spin on regular television ads that, that, uh, that folks older, who come and here, older people, that's all they watch is regular. Of course. You know, they don't, they're not streaming. The folks that come here are murderers. They murdered this poor woman's son. I mean, I can't take it. I can't. It's so racist. It's it's, it's so racist. And that's how he'll get reelected because uh, he will tap into the fears of people. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's all I have. Me uh, too. Oh, here's my last thing is that I keep getting texts. Like I've gotten about 30 from candidates in other states, Democrats asking me for money. Yeah. And the latest one I got was from, I think, I think it's John Fetterman in oh. he's running for Pennsylvania against yeah. Dr. Oz. And I wrote back, bro, <laughs> 
I'm in Florida. Like I need my money to stay here. Like yeah. I'm gonna fight for the candidates here. Like in although what? I want Feder, I want him to win. Of course, but my God, like <laughs> I, I mean, I want Rubio to lose. You yeah. know what I mean? Can I give money to Val Demings instead of yeah. Fetterman in Pennsylvania? Whose genius idea was this? This is how you know the the DNC, the National Democratic uh, Committee. Don't give a fuck about Florida. They're selling Floridians, Democrats that are Democrats that are registered in Florida. They're selling our information to other states. They're not helping Florida, right? right? Like they're not sending us help. They're not sending us money, but they're going to sell our information so that other states can get our money. Fuck you, DNC. Ooh. Fuck you. Have are you sending texts to other states about Val Demings? I hope so. Are you? Are you sending texts to other states to get Charlie Crist money? Like, what are you doing? Just stop sending me fucking texts. Take me off of the fucking log. And then I said to somebody else, I said, I wonder how much money they've gotten from selling our information. Yeah. And then I said, probably none because they're Democrats yeah. and they're fucking idiots. And then it's like, for the good of the party. Stop selling my fucking number to John Fetterman. Like, please. I know we're in a database now. Great. It is what it is. <laughs> All right, girl, you're first. Oh, I'm so excited about Ooh, this I'm excited story. about my story too. Oh. Yay. Okay. Okay. So today. Yes. I'm going to tell you the story of President Warren G. Harding and his mistresses. Oh. All right. Harding's presidency was rife with scandal because you covered, remember, the teapot dome yes, scandal? Yes, yes, yes. Um, and he's like, you know, on the outer edge of that. But yeah. it's his extramarital affairs, love child, <gasps> and yes. questionable death. That have oh. captivated history lovers. Whoa. I love this story. I, w I had so much fun doing this. So our story takes place in D.C. And um, I'm going to give you a bit of background. So you covered, like I said, Harding a bit in episode 47, which was the Teapot Dome scandal. So go back and listen to that one. That was a one. good one, yeah. So I'm going to just kind of be brief. I'm just spilling the tea on the affairs. Okay. So Harding, we know, sucked. Right. He yes. was like uh, a, a bad, he's like gone down as one of the worst presidents and he didn't really serve long as president. Um, and he had scandals brewing sort of the whole time. Um, but he died before anything could really impact him mm. because I think he was like a year or two into the presidency. Like he wasn't into the presidency long. Always looks unhealthy to me too. Yeah. Harding. Well, who? Oh, he'd get that. But that dick gets hard, I guess. Oh, it's it certainly did. It certainly did. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Oh, my God. It doesn't take much. These and men. These yeah, men. They could be dying uh, from the whatever. And they're like, ah. that, that's their PETA sound. Hi. <gasps> so reasons why Harding sucked. Racist immigration laws, mm. ties to the KKK, well, rollback of progressive era reforms, like all around corruption. So he's just like garbage. All wow. right. And I'm not going to go into all those details because I thought this story was just kind of like funny. And yeah. um, I was like, well, I'll do something light. All right. So I'm going to go through the mistresses. Yes. All right. So first we have Carrie Fulton Phillips. She had a 15 year affair. Uh, with Harding uh, from 1905 to about 1920, like right before he kind of becomes president. And according to author J. Michael Martinez's article on his website, Carrie was 10 years younger than Harding. Mm. And when they met, they were both married. Well, to other do? people. What are you going to do? It happens. it happens. Now check this out though. They met as couples. They became best friends as couples. Oh, shit. And they would travel together mm. oh my and God. all of this stuff. Oh and when Harding's wife, Florence, was having this procedure done for her kidneys, Carrie's husband 
was going through something at the same time. He went to a sanatorium. Like that's where people went to sort of get like a mental health reprieve back yeah. in the day, the sanatorium. <laughs> that and used to be my pool for me, yeah. but now I got a fucking raccoon in there. Now there's a raccoon. <laughs> Doing the back yeah. <laughs> Hey. Oh my God. So he went there because he was struggling with the death. Their son had died. Oh, oh And shit. he's struggling with the death of the son. And he's like, I got to just go away. So he's gone. The wife oh. is gone. Carrie and Harding start hooking up. Hot. It's not hot. I'm the joking. Mo- but the most <laughs> wild joking. thing about this affair is they would take these vacations together and like, you know, hook up on oh vacations. They would like wherever they were going, they're canoodling. Oh and the other, God. like the other spouses had to know. You know what this kind of reminds me of it's a little like, bit? It's like, what is going on? It, it's, it's, it, you know, like, well, like they're at the buffet about it. and they're like, oh, where's, uh, yeah. where's Carrie? Oh, uh, you know, she's laying down. Or they're where, like, Where's uh, 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 Harding. Uh, Harding? Oh, uh, yeah, he's uh, in the pool. Like, meanwhile. Well, P.S. They're like at dinner and under the table, they're like touching each other's feet. Yes. Um, it reminds me, do you ever see the movie Something's Gotta Give with um, Alec Baldwin, Steve Martin, and Meryl Streep? Oh, I, my God. This is one a of my million years movies. ago. It's so fucking good. But that happens to Steve Martin. He talks about how his wife leaves him for their, like, they were on vacation to Italy with this other couple. And they the two of them break the news that, like, we're in love. Oh, and, he's, no. and he's like, now I've got to fly home <laughs> with the <laughs> other one who's crying. Oh my God, how <laughs> so awful, funny. how awful. <laughs> so Ooh, as time sad. went on, mm-hmm. Carrie wanted more and more from Harding. Like oh. many a married man, he promised to leave his wife Florence, but of course he never did. <sighs> so she tells Florence, okay, she's like, listen, if you don't tell Florence about us, I'm going to. Uh, oh, oh, it gets like, it gets intense. Nothing good comes from this. And he's like, uh, uh, I'm not telling her anything. So she sends a letter to her bestie. Oh, no. Telling her everything. Oh, that's shitty. So Florence gets this letter, reads the letter at the house. And Florence was like, girl, I'm not leaving. (gasps) He's going to be president, right? She put a lot of time into this guy. And she's not going to step aside. And from what I read, and, and the Iron Tribune noted that, it was like her structure, her guidance that pushed Harding into politics that like made him do the yeah. Ohio state Senator first made him, um, moving into governor and then onto the presidency. And the article also noted that like this demeanor of hers didn't really suit Harding. Like she was like a ball buster, I think, and yeah. really like pushing him. And so there was no like, well, it benefited love her kind too. Of, but yeah, you between know? them, there was no passion there. So he saw other women. So she, maybe she was aware that he kind of was doing right, stuff. Right. But she's like, whatever, like I'm on my way to the White House too. Who knows? Right. Yeah. So maybe she didn't know that he um, was having affairs. Maybe she did. Well, you know, it but, reminds me of Clinton. Yeah. You know, she knew about all of these. And she stuck around. And she stuck around. And she stuck around. And it benefited her and, politically. And maybe it benefited like, her professionally. Right. And then you don't know what goes on in people's relationships. Yeah. Like, that could be a thing. Like, yeah. I don't care what you do as long right. as, like, we're together. If you want to go get that on the, like, whatever. Yeah. We right. don't know. Right. But she did tell her bestie, Carrie, leave them alone. Yeah. Get the fuck and out. she cut her off. Yeah. So, like, Look, what boom. did she think was going to happen with that letter? First of all, you're going to upset your best friend. Second of all, you think he's going to be like, well, I guess I'll be with you now. You're clearly, yeah. like, out of control. So when he ends up being president, um, she was paid $5,000 a month to stay quiet during the presidency. Holy shit. According to Jordan Michael Smith's political article. And that's like paying someone like $82,000 a month. That's a lot. It's I was going to say lot that. was a lot of money. Wow. But they didn't want, uh, obviously. But then he wasn't president for long. So like the money train. <clears throat> oh, know, yeah. Ends. That went away. Yeah. 
All right. So our next lady yes. is Nan Britton. According to Bill Shear's uh, political article, Nan Britton worked as a secretary and she had an affair with Harding. So this story is a little wild too because, okay, she was supposedly crushing on Harding when she was in high school. Ew. Okay, so she, like, I guess back then, like, presidents and politicians were like, you know, the rock stars of today. Right, like, they're the authors, famous people. Like, they're the right. famous people, right? right? right. And it's power. And he's, like, an Ohio senator. She's in Ohio and in that same area. And when she was in high school, Harding's sister was her teacher. Oh, so, so they're in, the, like, this okay. community. And her dad... Um, I don't know how her dad, if her dad like knew him, knew him, but like they had met and he was like, oh my God, my daughter has this like mega crush on you. Oh no. And when she was in high school, they met. Oh no. And he told her that one day she would quote, find the man of her dreams. Oh Did he wink at her when he was? I have no idea. Now he was a grown man at that time. Oh my God. He was married and he was in the middle of the other affair with Carrie Fulton Phillips, right? Oh my God. And by grown man, he was almost 50 years old when they (gasps) met. Ew! I know. I I mean, there was no other like celeb politician, someone a little bit younger than she was. But also that's her crush? I know. Like fucking weird. It's weird. So she finishes (laughs) high school. Oh God. She moves to New York, becomes a secretary and that's when she starts the affair. So- at this time, he is a New York senator. This is seven years after they met. Okay. Okay. And so um, when she goes to New York, Harding's like, uh, come meet me at this hotel and I'll help you get a job. Blow job? Probably. <laughs> she was a fool, right? So she goes, she goes to the hotel. I mean, it's not a bad job. Right. She goes to the hotel and this is what she said. Quote, we had scar, uh, quote. We had scarcely closed the door behind us when we shared our first kiss. God, he's a creep. He's, he's a, a creep. Major fucking creep. It's like so Weinstein. she's like early twenty, you know, and yeah, so now well. he's like over fifty. Oh my god! Mm. <laughs> so she also revealed that he told her that when he first met her back in the day, Ugh. his quote desire to pre- possess me had been born in his heart upon that occasion. Oh my Ew. god! She was a child. <laughs> All right, so then they would just hook up from there, right? The, the level of creep in dudes is so fucking high. Like, it is it's so like, high. It, they're so disgusting. They're so disgusting. What's and wrong with you guys? I, I don't Get know. Get it together. It, and it's, and I probably shouldn't say all guys. Oh my God. But you there know is what a we level mean. of creep that mm-hmm. is just astounding. Now, I can be creepy. Like, yeah. We're out you know, about men. Yeah. I mean, I get it. We're all, we're all just disgusting. All yeah. right. Let's but I'm that. not talking to a high schooler. Being Ew, like, oh, no. when I saw you at 17. Ew. <laughs> no. Cause they're like, they, they look like children. Yeah. They still, ew. <laughs> oh my God. So they would just hook up from there. So now he's president and they're still hooking up. All right. Oh, and my God. favorite part of this is like when they would hook up <laughs> They would be, they were basically, uh, end up, uh, having sex in, uh, this coat room in the white house oh. and she put it more delicately. She said, quote, many times in the course of my visits to the white house and in the darkness of a space, not more than five feet square, oh. the president of the United States and his adoring sweetheart made love. <laughs> 
can you imagine you're in this I mean, it's closet. quite a spin it's quite a spin you're in the closet with some over overweight oh, old, old fucking man. dude oh my god you. and sweating. no one needs to know yeah, like and sweating, then get out of here yeah, sweating on you humping you trying oh to get it god. done before someone opens the closet door it ain't that fucking romantic honey oh my god so meanwhile like uh before they were doing it in the coat uh room she got pregnant Oh. And had his baby <gasps> in 1919. And he said that he'd take care of the daughter. Uh, her name was Elizabeth Ann. But then he ends up dying in 1923. Oh, no. So she had some trouble because, like, this is, like, the 19, early 1920s. And yeah, this is not a good look for women. Like, you know, they're looked at very poor, like illegitimate child, yeah. right? Like, the, all this like, really, like, negative language. And... It was out of wedlock, you know, all of this stuff. And nobody believed her that this was like the president's baby. Holy shit. So it's like Garfield. She ended up living a quiet life in Oregon after all of this because people were like really, really terrible. Um, Time magazine cited Harding's grandnephew Peter's quote to the New York Times saying, quote, my father said this couldn't have happened because President Harding had mumps as a kid and was infertile and the family really vilified Nan Britton. So like they were like, oh, this lady's lying. Like she's starting these rumors and all of that. But guess what? In 2015, DNA bitch, DNA, DNA. test through Ancestry.com <laughs> confirmed that she was indeed Harding's daughter. And wow. this happened after both Britain and her daughter had died. But at least like the family had some closure Holy that cow. like, and and um, Harding really didn't seem to have any. Um, shame in having these affairs like even though he was married in fact um smith's political article quotes harding as saying it's a good thing i'm not a woman i would always be pregnant i can't say no (laughs) there's a great line on the wow there's a great line on seinfeld oh my god when it was like what someone says to jerry what would you do if you're a woman he goes if i was a woman i'd be down here at the docks waiting for the sailors to come in (laughs) like it's so fucking good oh my god i mean yeah, but that's the difference between men and women. Yeah. That's the difference between men and women right there. If oh I was a woman, God. I would be pregnant all the time. I mean, that yeah. is If you such were a woman, a you would thing. know that you yeah. wouldn't want to be pregnant all the yeah. time. And, and what a and nightmare that sounds. Yeah. <laughs> and how you don't really want to throw it around. Yeah. I mean, it's not like that. It's not that's not how we are. No. <laughs> all right. So God. What a fucking gross what fucking a gross person. Dude. All right. So, so let's turn back to his wife, Florence oh, Harding. This poor woman. So Smith's article reveals that Harding was, you know, sort of hooking up with everyone but her. He cited Harding as saying, quote, there isn't one iota of affection in my home relationship. It is merely existence necessary for appearances sake. So I, I mean, I there's don't, nothing happening there. I don't I don't know. I don't. I always just feel like if they're over over sex sexual like this, it just it could cause problems for the office, yes. right? Like obviously they have an understanding. We kind of figure right, that out. Right. She was just like, "Get lost! I'm going to the fucking White House." Like yeah. the wife was kind of aware of it, and it was convenient that marriage. Right. So uh, stepping out on her, I don't fault him. It's just yeah. you're putting the office right. in danger when right. you do stuff like this and the lying and yeah. And at the time, like this was considered like a really big, like today, I mean, today it's still sort of scandalous, but not like it it was in like the 1920s. So when Harding dies, it's ruled a heart attack. Mm. And several reports showed that this is probably the case. Though some other articles note that it could have been a stroke. So why is there this confusion? Well, it was 1923, Mm -hmm. right? And so like, um, it was maybe a little harder to determine like cause of death. And more importantly, 
His wife did not request an autopsy. Hmm. In fact, a Constitution Center article notes that a doctor at the hotel where Harding died requested an autopsy, and he allegedly said, quote, We shall never know exactly the immediate cause of President Harding's death, since every effort that was made to secure an, autops- an autopsy met with complete and final refusal. Wow. So the other issue is, is that Florence... Um, has Harding embalmed just one hour after his death. Uh-oh. I know, and it sounds suspicious. I mean, that, that part does. The rest of it, I was just like, she just doesn't care about yeah. him. She doesn't care why he died. She's just like, no, it's like one like, hour later. Also, her reign is over. Like, that's yeah. a, this really impacts what she was doing with her life. So yeah. now, now that's over, and, and that's, she's like, who gives a fuck? Right. And conspiracy theorists kind of look at that as suspicious, it right? Is. Yeah, that is. A little... And the Constitution Center article notes that several eyewitnesses mm. commented on Harding's health in the days leading to his death. So they did say, like, he doesn't seem to be doing well. So, like, it seems like maybe something was going on. Oh, God. In 1931, a book came out by Gaston Means called The Strange Death of President Harding, which implied that perhaps Florence poisoned Harding. Oh my God. Though it's been widely reported that those claims are false, but there are still some people that think maybe this is what happened. And History Daily noted that she did also behave oddly that day. So aside from not wanting an autopsy, she wanted to sue the hotel for food poisoning. And she called the granddaughter of the hotel owner who was like this, like socialite, um, Janet Johnston. She's like, I need you to come meet with me. I, I'm suing you guys. Like, you, you guys, po- you know, it was food poisoning that killed my husband. Dang. And then in that meeting, that socialite, Janet, allegedly picked up a glass and smelled it. And it sh- and says it smells weird. And allegedly, Florence grabbed the glass out of her hand and said she would not pursue a lawsuit. And then at the funeral, Florence was supposedly overheard saying, quote, now that it's all over, I think it was for the best. So who knows? Who knows? But I don't see. I don't see her really sick, and and I don't see her killing her her meal ticket. Yeah, I don't don't see that happening. So some points of interest: Mm -hmm. Nan Britton wrote a book about her affair with Harding. Oh shit! Called the President's Daughter, and according to Politico, (laughs) um, it's considered the first kiss and tell book. I'm like, I need to get this book. Oh my God. And she like spilled everything. So like it became like uh, 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 really popular because people were like, what? Right. So Smith's political article notes that a member of Congress actually tried to have the book banned from being sold because it was quote, a blast from hell. (laughs) But she was left without any means to take care of of this baby. So, um, and some people looked at that like, oh, she just wants to cash in. But like, what else is she supposed to do? What better way than to reveal a steamy like affair with the most powerful man in the United States? Like yeah. people want that story. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So she did get child support from Harding, but obviously after he died. he died, like nothing is is happening. Dang. And supposedly, according to family members, she was still in love with Harding until the day she died in 1991. Oh my god! So <clears throat> here's some fun stuff. Okay. So he had a nickname for uh, Carrie's uh, Netherlands. Her vagina? Mm-hmm. Mrs. Pooterson. What the fuck? <laughs> and he also had a nickname for himself. Jerry. Jerry? And Jerry. Jerry? Yes. And so Britain wasn't the only one um, writing. Wait a minute. Yeah. He named Jerry. Yeah, Jerry. Well, what? A, what? <clears throat> What's that guy? Jerry. 
I don't know. That's what he named it. But didn't didn't uh, Johnson have a name for Johnson, Johnson? had a Johnson had a name for Johnson. It was like Big Something or something yeah. like that. Like Jerry's His so is ridiculous. Jerry. Why don't you well, be like Big Tornado? Oh wait, or something? wait, wait, wait. Just wait, girl. <laughs> big <laughs> Tornado. So in 2014. Oh, God. The Library of Congress releases love letters between Harding and Carrie Fulton Phillips. Library of Congress stirring shit. Why did it take so long? So in 1964, Carrie Fulton Phillips died and these letters were found. Mm. And a judge at the time told Harding's nephew, you better seal those letters up for 50 years. And so that's what happened. So then they get released in 2014. And oh, girl. I have some excerpts Uh, from this. This is my favorite part of the story. This is what we're going to close on. I have like four little excerpts. Okay. I love your poise. This is uh, Harding. I love your, these are all from Harding. I love your poise of perfect thighs when they hold me in paradise. Mm. I love the rose. Your garden grows. Love seashell pink. That over it glows. Look at that poem. He's talking about her vagina. Yes. Ooh. Mrs. Pooterson. Mrs. Pooterson. Mrs. Pooterson. How about this one? That's fucking hot. Oh, let, let's keep Somebody going. Somebody write a poem about my vagina. Yeah. Let's, you want to keep going? Yes. Jerry came and will not go. Says he loves you. <gasps> that you are the only, only love worthwhile in this world. And I must tell you so in a score or more of other on things he suggests but i spare you you must not be annoyed he is so utterly devoted that he only exists to give you all (laughs) you know his dick is talking to him oh yeah this is this is for real this is one of my favorite ones are you ready are you ready (laughs) okay (laughs) okay wait okay it makes me laugh wait wait wish i could take you to mount jerry (laughs) Mount Jerry? <laughs> Jesus Christ, this guy's obsessed with his cock. It's fucking fucked up. Wish I could take you to Mount Jerry. Wonderful spot. Not in the geographies, but a heavenly place. And I have seen some passing views there and reveled in them. Gee, how I wish you might be along. You could be such a dandy companion. It would be adorable to have you. I'm sure I would be sweetly content. You could make me so. What the fuck? So he's writing this as if Mount Jerry was a real mm-hmm. place. If anybody reads this letter, mm-hmm. that it's like, oh, I'm inviting her to come yes. along with me because I really like her. But really, he's talking about his dick. Oh, he had another one about Jerry and like uh, having a conversation with that sweet mouth of hers. Oh, my oh, God. Yes. Oh, hold on. Yes. Oh, hold on a second. Yes. I gotta <laughs> I love dirty talk. All right. Here's my last one. I love one. it. But don't call yourself Jerry. Like, that's fucked up. Are you ready for oh, this God, one? Oh, my God. Please, let's go. <clears throat> Wouldn't you like to get sopping wet out on Superior? Not the lake. (laughs) For the joy of fevered fondling and melting kisses. (gasps) What? Oh my God. You know what's a lost art? Wow. Letter writing. X-rated love letters. I mean, does anyone do love letters Oh my God. Could you imagine you're waiting like a month or two to get a letter? To get a letter. You get it, you open it, and he's talking about sopping wet. Holy shit. And then shit. He, he makes sure to say, not the lake. Oh, yeah. Well, honey, we got Woo! it. Like, not I necessary. Mean, Holy shit. What is going on? And imagine, like, I always would have loved to, like, find a trunk and open it up. And oh. there's these letters. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Forget about uh, it. 
I so mean, this is so romantic. And I think that his wife burned oh, I mean. like a bunch of his stuff. So I don't, I don't know if we have like her responses to him because like she obviously oh, has yeah. his this letters is, to her. Yeah. But that's it. That's the story Holy of cow. Warren G. Harding's mistresses. And man, was he wow. randy. He certainly he was, was. so randy. Oh, my God. God. I oh, mean, God. not the lake. Oh, <laughs> well, bitch, I'm writing that down. I got so many good titles here, but not the lake. Oh, Don't my God. Don't you want to get so- sopping wet? It's sopping. Sopping wet. It's sopping wet. Not the lake. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> I would have read that and be like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, I mean, how fast can my bub, my right. horse and buggy get to the fucking? Well, the funny thing is that in some, because there was all the, there was a ton of letters. So I have the link, like you can go through and read through some of the other stuff. But there was some, um, clearly like in his responses, like she was getting annoyed with like the, st- like kind of like that it was getting too uh sexual because I, I remember at the time and, and she's kind of like like what are you she's like all right all right and, he, and that's why he's like you know i don't like don't get annoyed <laughs> but <laughs> i still jerking. want you <laughs> i'm jerking off as i write yeah. this don't worry <laughs> oh my god wow yeah fantastic tina all right, excellent Hey, I'm Pantsless Aaron. This is Stevie. And I'm Augie. And we are BFYTW, a podcast all about playing games and having fun. Our games are usually based on British panel shows and game shows, but we'll play anything that captures our attention and imagination. Why? It's right there in the title. You'll never guess what the F stands for. Okay. All right, so... Today, I'm going to cover something, and I can't wait to tell you, like, (gasps) where I found it, because I'm so fucking excited. I'm going to cover the attack on the USS Indianapolis. Oh. Okay. So I brought the kids to see Jaws. They re-released it on the big screen. Oh. And we had to drive all the way out to Sawgrass to see it. We're the only three people in the theater. And we were so fucking stoked because they they love that movie. Yeah. My Um, my kids like it too. But I've never seen it on the big screen. Oh, yeah. And um, it was even better than I ever could have um, like uh, remembered. And there were scenes that happened and things that were talked about where I'm like, I don't even remember this from the m- watching yeah. this movie. But it, and maybe because we're like so focused, you know, you usually watch it at home and like you yeah. walk around doing other things. Like this is like we we're focused and it was just, if you ever get a chance to do it, take the kids oh to see it. It's so much better on the big screen. But there's a, con- and there's lots of conversations that happen that I forgot about. But the one monologue in when Quint, who's the captain of the boat. Yes. And they, he starts to talk about the USS in Indianapolis and oh. how, um, how it was uh, hit by torpedoes and then there oh. were sharks in the water. And this what? is how he gets his thing about sharks and why he fucking kills sharks is because of what oh. had happened oh my on God. this boat. And I, my son leans into me and says, did that really happen? Because, you know, we're like listening to this monologue, which is, by the way, one of the most brilliant parts, pieces of acting I've ever seen in my life. Wow. And I was like, I don't know if that's real. So I like brought my phone out and like texted it to myself to look it up. And I got home and I was like, holy shit. I can't this wait This is a to real fucking this. thing. And so I'm like, I got to do it I on have the podcast. Like oh my God. All right. So here's the line that, jo- that Quint says uh, in Jaws. He says, quote, 1,100 men went into the water, 316 <gasps> men came out, and the sharks took the rest. No! <laughs> okay. Bro. And I was like, what? I, like, Me too. Because I'm like, bro, what the fuck? And it- Oh, this sounds like a nightmare. It's a real fucking thing. Oh my God. Okay, so- Oh God. A little bit of history about the boat and, you know, and then I, I have stuff in here about- um, what they were doing dur- during World War II, but I think we can kind of get to the rest oh, yeah. of it because yeah. it's not. Okay, so a little bit of history of this this uh, 
this line, this, uh, what do they call it? Um, aircraft carrier basically so it was ordered for the u.s navy in 1930 the uss indianapolis was originally designated as a light cruiser because of her thin armor and given the whole classification symbol cl-35 but she was later reclassified as a heavy cruiser because they put uh bigger guns on her and uh she was reclassified with the symbol ca-35 on july 1st 1931 Mm. the ship had four propeller shafts and four parsons gt geared turbines and eight white foster boilers the cruiser had nine eight inch 55 caliber mark nine guns in three triple mounts a super firing pair four and one aft okay so there's all these that's a lot of weapons it's a lot of weapons it was a big liner and it didn't have any uh torpedo tubes right so during world war ii this was a huge thing everybody had these uh submarines submarines and so If something's coming at you, they couldn't shoot in the water. Yeah. Which, because it was before, you know, it was really a thing. Okay, so the total crew varied. So a regular going out on the ship, it could fit about 807 people. Wartime, it would increase about 952 people. So many people. Like, you don't think that there's that many people in one of these boats. Right. And But then during the war, um, they would increase that number. So it was about uh, 1,229 people on the boat. Uh, during the, they called it a, a fleet flagship. So it was one of these ships that would go out and cover other ships so they could get supplies to these islands and okay, things like that. So okay. it was really doing a lot. It was doing a lot during the war. Um, it was first launched on November 7th, 1931 and first commissioned to go out and do work on November, fi- November 15th, 1932. Um, Okay, so a little bit about World War II, right? So that's yeah. this is when this all starts to go down. On December 7th, 1941, the Indianapolis was leading a task th- force three and it was conducting a mock bombardment at Johnston Atoll during the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor. Oh. Indianapolis was absorbed into task force 12 and searched for the Japanese carriers responsible for the attack, though the force did not locate them. The boat then returned to Pearl Harbor on December 13th and joined task force 11. So this is when they put all these boats together together yeah. and say here's what your job is to go do on uh from so from 1943 through 1945 the indianapolis supported other u.s and ally ships to get supplies throughout the islands near japan in J- january 1943 the indianapolis supported a landing and occupation on amchitka part of an allied uh, island hopping strategy in the aleutian islands on the evening of February 19th, Indianapolis led two destroyers on a patrol southwest of a two island searching for Japanese ships trying to reinforce Kiska and Atu. So okay, I have other so, missions in here. But okay, I'm gonna, so they're trying to to secure like these islands so that they can shore up. Yes. And they're also destroying Japanese air facilities. Right. Like they're actually they're bringing uh, weapons and bringing, you know, they're. They are doing, they're, 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 they're torpedoing, uh, or, or, um, shooting down planes, Japanese planes. They're like, they're causing just a lot of destruction. Yeah. Well, war, what is it good for? Yeah, absolutely. Nothing, Nothing, Tina. Nothing. Nothing. Okay. So after major repairs and an overhaul, Indianapolis received orders to undertake a top secret mission of the utmost significance to national security. And that was to proceed to the Tianan Island, carrying the enriched uranium, about half of the world's supply of uranium, 230, uh, 235 at the time, and other parts required for the assembly of the atomic bomb, codenamed Little Boy, which would be dropped on Hiroshima a few weeks later. Wow. Yeah. So they actually transported the parts. Oh, my God. To put that bomb and together. Ur- How do you even, like, transport yeah. that without, you know, causing lifelong damage to the, anyone that's around that yeah. material? Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. 
I also didn't realize, I mean, maybe, I don't know a lot about it, so maybe it's very naive of me, but I didn't realize that they didn't put it together until it was there. Like, they brought this over in pieces. Wow. You know what I mean? To put it together there, which Ugh. makes sense, too, because if you get, if you hit that boat, oh, yeah. So, oh my God. They departed. Is, to, I know. Just like the thought of, of oh, that. Tina. You know, that, that Putin keeps talking about. I know. Over for your Ukraine and keeps talking about nuclear. Uh, this is, this would be a horror show. <sighs> No one talks about Ukraine anymore, by the way. I mean, uh, it's fucking wild. I mean, well, there's a lot. I mean, a lot is happening. There's I protests know. because now yes. people are like, no, no one else is going to die. You're losing this war. He's yep. still trying to spin it that people are winning. And another one of his best friends died mysteriously. Oh, they either fall out of windows. This yeah, guy fell. Poisoned. He fell down the stairs. A lot of people die around Putin. Yeah. A lot of people. Uh but I think the oligarchs like are starting to get upset, and if they're not on board, like I, right, he the only it. yeah the That's only yeah the only thing that can happen is like he's got like they're gonna end up killing him. Mm. You know what I mean? Because this war is wasting. What are you waiting for? I mean, I mean get on it. Ugh. Oh, sorry. This is like no. Okay, so the so now it's got the parts on there to do this to make this atomic weapon, uh, atomic bomb. The Indianapolis departs San Francisco's Hunter's Point Naval Shipyard on July 16th, 1945, within hours of the Trinity test. She set a speed record of 74 and a half hours from San Francisco to Pearl Harbor, an average of 33 miles per hour. Arriving at Pearl Harbor on July 19th, she raced on unaccompanied, delivering the atomic bomb components to Tiananmen on July 26th. Wow. Indianapolis was then sent to Guam, where a number of the crew had who had completed their tours of duty were relieved by other sailors leaving Guam on July 28th. She began sailing towards Leyte where her crew was to receive training before continuing on to Okinawa to join vice uh, Admiral Jesse B. Oldendorf's task force 95. So this is when the shit hits the fan. Uh-oh. So at 0 15, which is 12 15 AM on July 30th, 1945, Indianapolis was struck on her starboard side by two Type 95 torpedoes, one in the bow and one amid ships from the Japanese submarine I-58, captained by Commander Mokasutura Hashimoto, who wow. initially thought he had spotted the New Mexico-class battleship Idaho. Oh. So they knew all the ships. So they thought oh. this was another ship, but they actually was the in But they're like, whatever, we're but taking like, it Fuck down. it, fuck you, yeah. The explosion caused massive damage. Indianapolis took on a heavy list, um, which means they lost a lot, right? So the ship had, had a great deal of armament and gun-firing directors added as the war went on, like I said before, and was therefore top-heavy. And it settled by, and it was all settled by the bow. So, you know, it's heavy. It, it like so you hit it, and it's, it's like, like a, oh, right? No. Like all, everything starts to go down. Oh, no. Um, 12 minutes later, she rolled completely over. <gasps> then her stern rose in the air and she sank. Some 300 of the 1,195 crewmen wow. aboard went down with the ship. So now you've got 895 guys in the water. 300 died. Immediately. When the ship went they, down. Yeah, because yeah, they, they went down. down with it. Yeah. Were they able to, were any of them able to like jump on lifeboats before yes. this happened? Yes. Okay. So with few lifeboats <sighs> and many without life jackets, oh my God. the remainder of the crew was set adrift. Now, um, according to our dear uh, Captain Quint of Jaws, <laughs> he did wear a life jacket and was able to survive this 
you know, I mean, right. as a as a fictional character. Yeah, yeah. But that's why in the movie, he's like, I'll never wear another life jacket again. And even when the, the ships, that their boat starts to go down, he hands yeah. the other two life jackets and he's just standing there like this, like he's not doing that again. Wow. Oh, dude. Ooh, goosebumps again. Oh, God. So um, Navy Command did not know of the ship sinking until survivors were spotted in the open ocean three and a half days later. <gasps> this Wait, is all- how did they not, oh, they girl. don't have contact with we're their ship get regularly in, in we're gonna war get into time? This. We're going to get into Especially this, this went, boat. Something fucked up. This boat is like this a is clearly an important boat. This is crazy. So at 1025 on August 2nd, a PV-1 Ventura and a PBY-2 Catalina plane spotted the men adrift <gasps> while on a routine patrol flight. Oh my God. They immediately dropped a life draft and radio transmitter. All air and surface units capable of rescue operations were dispatched to the scene at once. First to arrive was an amphibious PBY-5A Catalina patrol plane flown by Captain Lu- Lieutenant Commander Robert Adri- Adrian Marks. This guy. Marks and his flight crew spotted the survivors and dropped life rafts. One raft was destroyed by the drop, while others were too far away from the Are exhausted you crew. Me? From the exhausted crew. We can't They're do out there this. for fucking three days. Yeah. You know, in, in hell, by the swim. way. Once they hit the water, it was like, the, your hell's not over. Here wow. it comes. It's coming now. And now they're throwing boats out. They're popping. Like, what the fuck can you Get please? it together. Aren't you guys <laughs> trained? Wait, wait. It, this guy, it gets better. <laughs> Against standing orders not to land in open ocean, Marks took a vote from his crew. Because it's one of those water planes, right? Yeah. That can land on water. Marks took a vote of his crew and decided to land the aircraft in 12-foot swells. Oh, my God. 12 foot. Those are surfing waves. They're surface of a surfing plane. (laughs) That's what I... Can you imagine a plane on that? What the fuck is this guy doing? It's turning its wings sideways. (laughs) It's so stupid. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. He was able to maneuver his craft to pick up 56 survivors. Space in the plane was limited, so Marks had men lashed to the wing with parachute cord. Okay. Okay. His actions rendered the aircraft unflyable. (laughs) (laughs) What are you doing? Like, listen, we all want to get people out of oh the ocean. Like, but if the plane can't move, what are you doing? All right, take off. Yeah. God damn it, <laughs> yeah. we can't. Can somebody get the guys <laughs> yeah. off the wings, please? Cut those, cut those ropes. Cut those Jesus. Ropes. We got to get get some weight and off the wings. Can you imagine the looks on their faces when they're like, <laughs> like you got to get back in the water? I know. We'll be we'll be right <laughs> back, but you got to get back in the water. Oh my god! You know someone's like, I'm not going in the water. Wait till you see the pictures. Oh no! Of the sharks <gasps> around them, bitch! How many sharks? It's like I'm a shitting myself. Oh my god! <laughs> it's fucked. It's mm. all fucked. That's where I would just like just oh go god. underwater, yeah, just, right? Yeah. I mean, well, listen. Uh, I think oh a lot of people god. just was like, I'm out. So, oh my god. after nightfall. The destroyer escort USS Cecil J. Doyle, the first of seven rescue ships, used its searchlight as a beacon and instilled hope in those still in the water. Oh, God. The, the ship, uh, the Cecil J. Doyle ship and six other ships picked up the remaining survivors. After the rescue, Marx's plane was sunk by the, by the Cecil J. Doyle bill so as stupid. it could not be recovered. What an idiot. How much money did that cost people? I don't know. But, like, like, this but I history. tried to save yeah. them. He, he had a big heart. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> well, what are you going to do? So, what are you going to do? 
So many of the survivors were injured and all suffered from lack of food and water, leading to dehydration and hypothermia. Some found rations such as spam and crackers among the debris of the Indianapolis. Exposure to the elements, you know, the dehydration from the hot sun during the day and um, hypothermia oh at God. night, all as well as severe skin peeling oh due my to the God. continued exposure to salt water <gasps> and bunker oil. Oh my God. Because remember the ship blows oh, up, like the ship geez. goes down, but like all the fuel and everything's coming up. Oh my God. And the shark attacks. <gasps> And then others kill themselves. Others that in the they water. They just drown. Yeah. They just. Yep. They just stop trying to stay floating. So so with these sharks. So there's people sitting there watching their crewmates. Yes. Get attacked by sharks. Yes. And you, if you watch that clip, which I'm sure you can find on YouTube of Quint giving that speech, he talks about hearing them scream. Uh, it's just oh. horrific. It was fucking horrific. Oh my God. Dude. Other survivors were found in various states of delirium or suffered from hallucinations. Only 316 of the nearly 900 men set adrift after the sinking survived. Wow. In three days, 600 people out. Hundreds of sharks were drawn to the wreck by the noise of the explosions and the scent of blood in the water. Oh my God. After picking off the dead and wounded, they began attacking the survivors. The number of deaths attributed to sharks ranges from a few dozen to 150. (gasps) Oh my God. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That, oh my God. I just, just the idea of who knows where you are in the water and you're seeing yeah. people yes. getting pulled down and Or killed, you're in the water or, and something bumps you, right? Oh like something's God. bumping you. No, so, I, I understand why, like, I, I don't, oh my God. Yeah. And, 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 and like the delirium, like you oh, have to oh. be crazy. Yeah. Oh and for God, three yes. days, that's a long time to be in the water. And Bryce and I are going, where's the help? Where don't they know we're out here? Like, don't they know that we're suffering? Like, don't you think that that would be a thing? Oh my god! And I did not think about like the the peeling of the skin. Oh god, the salt and, like, water. The, the salt, salt water's like I thought because when I think of salt water and ocean, it's like oh, it's healing. It's you know, yeah, but like, for a long period of time, yeah, yeah. no oh good. God. So, Oceans of Fear, a 2007 episode of the Discovery Channel TV documentary series Shark Week, states that the sinking of the Indianapolis resulted in the most shark attacks on humans in history and attributes the attacks to the oceanic white tip shark spe- species. Wow. Tiger sharks may also have killed some of the oh. sailors. The same show attributed most of the deaths on the Indianapolis to exposure and salt poisoning and thirst and dehydration, with the dead being dragged off by the sharks. Oh. Okay, so rescue failures. The headquarters of Commander Marinas on Guam and of the Commander Philippine Sea Frontier on Leyte, which is where the ship was going, kept operations plotting boards on which were plotted the positions of all vessels with which the headquarters were concerned. So imagine like a battleship the game, right? Yeah. Like they're keeping track of where everybody is okay. there, right? However, it was assumed that the ships, um, as that ships as large as the Indianapolis would reach their destinations on time unless reported otherwise. Oh. Therefore, their positions were based on predictions and not on reports. But still, like, I feel like during war, like, you're not, like, checking in. There's not, like, a they regular, do, yeah. like... They, they let them know. So, okay, so on July 31st, when she should have arrived at Leyte, the Indianapolis was removed from the board in the headquarters of Commander uh, Marinas. Uh, she was also recorded oh. as having arrived at Leyte by the oh. headquarters of Commander Philippine Sea Frontier. Lieutenant Stuart B. Gibson, the operations officer under the port director... Taklobin was the officer responsible for tracking the movements of the Indianapolis. The vessel's failure to arrive on schedule was known at once to Gibson, who failed to investigate the matter and made no immediate report of the fact to his supervisors. Oh no, because then he could have been like, hey, this boat was supposed to get here, or at least like 
Hey call guys, it, where yeah, are you? Call them and see what's going on. Gibson received a letter of reprimand in connection with oh. the incident. <laughs> wow. How many more people I, could about, have been saved? How about we throw them to the sharks? Yeah. How about to see how if he can survive three days out there? The acting commander and operations officer of the Philippine scene frontier, Sea Frontier also received reprimands, while Gibson's immediate superior received a letter of admonition. Yes. In the first official statement, the Navy said the distress calls, quote, were keyed by radio operators and possibly were actually transmitted, but that, quote, no evidence had been developed that any distress message from the ship was received by any ship aircraft or shore station, end quote. Declassified records later showed that three stations received the signals, but none acted upon the call. So the boat's going down, they're sending distress signals, and three stations got it and did nothing. Why? Here's here's why. One commander was drunk. Oh. Another had ordered his men not to disturb him. And a third thought it was a Japanese trap. But you don't at least call the ship and say, guys, what's going on? No. Wow. Immediately prior to the... So it was like like a comedy of errors almost. I mean, mean, not comedy, but you know what I mean? No, no. It's like... You got this drunk guy, then you got these scared... Like ensigns yeah. or something. They're like, we and the can't other guy, disturb the And the other guy's the, like, the admiral he is whoever. actually in charge of finding out, like saying, oh, the ship's not here yet. Doesn't tell anybody. Wow. Think it's that big of a deal. Declassify. Uh, okay. Immediately prior to the attack, the seas had been moderate, the visibility fluctuating, but poor in general. And Indianapolis had been steaming at 17 knots, which is pretty fast. It's like 31 uh or 20 miles an hour for a boat that size is pretty fast. When the ship failed to reach Leyte on July 31st, as scheduled, no report was made that she was overdue. The Navy then created the movement report system to prevent such disasters in the future. Oh, well, that's, I mean, something good came out of it. Yeah. Captain Charles B. McVeigh III, who had commanded Indianapolis since November 1944 through several battles, survived the sinking, though he was one of the last to abandon the ship and was among those rescued days later. In November 1945, he was was court-martialed on two charges failing to order his men to abandon ship and hazarding the ship oh as if this was his fault that they get hit by torpedoes cleared off the charge of failing to order abandoned ship mcveigh was convicted of hap sorry hazarding his ship by failing to zigzag i mean Oh my God! Zigzag this Meanwhile, ship. Meanwhile, these other guys just torpedoes. get a letter of rec- uh, of reprimand yeah. when they did nothing to even yeah. come save like hundreds and hundreds of men. They're supposed to be <gasps> sailing this ship like this to avoid torpedoes, oh. as if that's gonna work. Yeah, and I guess he wasn't doing it. But a ship that size, it doesn't zigzag that fast. I, I can't mean, imagine. it's not like you're in a. They say they do wow. the same thing if alligators are chasing yeah. you. It's just run in a zigzag. <laughs> The alligator's going to get me. I mean, I'm going to slip on the shit Can coming you imagine? out of me when the I, alligator's chasing me. I was me. thinking about that. When I forget why. And I was like, if I had to run in a zigzag, I don't know if I could do it without Whose mind is over. that clear? Whose mind is that clear? Like, oh, g- zigzag. Like, yeah. if an alligator's chasing you, you're just trying you're just to not running, to die. Yeah. You're like, please don't, please don't track me in. Please. <laughs> Several aspects of the court-martial were controversial. So there was evidence that the Navy itself had placed the ship in harm's way. McVeigh's orders to zigzag at his discretion, weather, per- weather permitting, however, McVeigh was not informed that a Japanese submarine was operating in the vicinity oh. of his route from Guam to Leyte. That Again, would be nice to know. Yeah. 
Wow. Can anybody communicate out there? It's a, wow. No wonder why we're it's dropping bombs. We can't win this war. Yeah. Nobody's bu- talking. It's a bunch of men. Yeah. Further, Commander <laughs> Mokotsura Hashimoto, commanding officer of the I-58 uh, submarine, testified that zigzagging would have made no difference. Ooh. We're going to get you anyway. Yeah. First Admiral Chester Nimitz um, set aside McVeigh's sentence and restored him to active duty. McVeigh retired in 1949 as a real admiral. While many of uh, Indianapolis survivors said McVeigh was not to blame for the sinking, the families of some of the men who died thought otherwise. Well, if this and if they he's were saying, getting court-martialed, like it's putting that out there and yeah. it's going to make them doubt. And they were sending him letters and one oh. of it said, one of them said, Merry Christmas. Our family's holiday would be a lot merrier if you hadn't killed my son, end quote. Oh my God. And then this is sad. The guilt that was placed on his shoulders mounted until he died by suicide oh, no. in 1968 using his Navy-issued revolver. Oh, my God. McVeigh was discovered on his back patio by his gardener with a toy soldier, a to- I mean, a toy sailor in one hand and no. his revolver in the other. He was 70 years old. No. This haunted him. That is terrible. Haunted. I mean, really what, up. I mean, imagine like, I, I, I can't even imagine like it, it's got to impact yeah. all, even those other men have to, oh, oh look and at who f- was having therapy back then? Oh, please. You know? No, it's all about being tough. Right. Yeah. Look what we got. We got our, our lovely Quint. He's all fucked up. Yeah. So here's something though. I mean, in 1996, sixth grader Hunter uh, Scott began his research on the sinking of Indianapolis for a high, for a class pro- history project. Scott's efforts led to an increase in national publicity, which got the attention of retired congressional lobbyist Michael Monroney, uh, who had been scheduled to be assigned to Indianapolis before she shipped out. So around the same time, Captain William J. Toddy, final commanding officer of the fast attack nuclear submarine USS Indianapolis. So there was a USS Indianapolis submarine received an appeal from several Indianapolis survivors to assist with the exoneration effort. So they want to clear McVeigh's name. Yeah. Toddy then demonstrated through analysis that the tactic of zigzagging would not have spared (gasps) the Indianapolis from at least one torpedo hit by the I-58. Monroney uh, brought the matter to the attention of his son-in-law, who was on the staff of Senator Bob Smith from New Hampshire and was able to get the issue in front of Smith. Smith convinced Senator John Warner of Virginia to hold hearings on the Senate uh, Armed Services Committee on September 14, 1998, in which several Indianapolis survivors testified. Also called to testify in the hearings were Vice Chief of Naval Operations Admiral Donald Pilling, uh, Director of Naval History Center Dr. William Dudley, and the Judge Advocate General of the Navy Rear Admiral John Hudson. The hearings were reported to sway Senator Warner into allowing a sense of Congress resolution clearing Captain oh. McVeigh's name to be passed to full Congress for a vote. Thank God. In October 2000, the United States Congress passed a resolution that Captain McVeigh's record should state that he was exonerated for the loss of Indianapolis. The, the Indianapolis President Bill Clinton also signed the resolution and the resolution noted that although several hundred ships of the U.S. Navy were lost in combat during World War II McVeigh was the only ca- captain to be court-martialed for the sinking of his ship like that was weird right yeah in July 2001, United States Secretary of the Navy Gordon England directed Captain Toddy to enter the congressional language into McVeigh's official Navy service oh. record, clearing him of any wrongdoing. It's like they, they just maybe needed... A fall guy, and he mm. was probably the easiest fall guy, right? Because he's lower in rank than those other, and he's the top people. of the ship, right? Yeah. 
Okay, so well, last little piece, which I thought was kind of interesting, the wreckage, right? So the wreckage is down there for all this time, and people are keep looking for it. They can't find it, and so um, it's they know it's in the they knew that it was in the Philippine Sea, and July uh, they had gone down a couple of times to look for it and couldn't find it. Finally, in July 2016, new information came out regarding because remember nobody knew where they were, right? Oh, right. There was no. There was no, no like pinpoint coordinates. Yeah, coordinates. There was yeah. no coordinates of like where they were. So they're just tra- like looking, looking, looking. So in July 2016, new information came out regarding the possible location <gasps> of the Indianapolis when naval records were discovered, in- indicating that the tank landing ship LST 779 recorded passing <gasps> by Indianapolis 11 hours before the torpedoes struck. So the inf- information allowed researchers to determine that the Indianapolis had been moving faster and was therefore further west than previously assumed, as well as slightly off the route taken using this information the national geographic planned to mount an expedition to search for the wreck in the summer of 2017 i love this me too reports estimated that the indianapolis was actually 25 miles west of the reported sinking position in water over three miles deep and likely on the side of an underwater mountain a year after the discovery of the records, this wreck was located by Paul Allen's USS Indianapolis Project on August 19th, 2017 at the depth of 18,000 feet. Wow. The wreck was revealed to the public on <gasps> September 13th, 2017 in a live TV show on PBS titled USS Indianapolis Live from the Deep. Wow. The wreck is well-preserved <gasps> to, due to the great depth at which Indianapolis oh, rests among and- the Rocky Mountain Ranges of the North Philippine Sea. The pictures are incredible. I I have one picture in our notes. I, it's just so fucking wild to me that this boat has been down there and it still exists. I love when they find, like, even when they did, like, I know it's like, so like cliche, but like when the Titanic, yes, no, I'm here for it. When they, they they find stuff. Yes. It's incredible to me. Amazing. Um, In September, 2017, a map detailing the wreckage was released. The main part of the wreck lies in an enormous impact crater, um, her bow, which broke off before the sink, the ship sank, lies one and a half miles east of it. Okay. The f- uh, two forward eight-inch guns, which I think is what the picture I have, which also broke off on the surface and marks the ship's last position on the surface, lie about 0.5 miles east of the main wreck. The bridge, which broke off the ship due to the torpedoes, lies in a debris field near the forward guns. The single eight-inch gun turret, you know, which is the one yeah. like that thing, on the stern remains in place. Though the uh, stern's roof collapsed over itself. Airplane wreckage from the ship lies about (gasps) 0.6 miles north of the main part of the wreck. And the full exposition of the method by which the wreck was located and documented was released in another PBS documentary on January 8th, 2019, titled USS Indianapolis, The Final Chapter. Wow. Bro. And so it's crazy. It's like broken into pieces, but it's still sort of... It's incredible. Scattered in this one area. Oh my God. Wow. Yeah. What a story. I mean. What a story. I can't imagine. No, the fear. Like that has to be. Oh. And the pictures. uh, So they made, there's also a movie that Nicolas Cage starred in. I forgot what it's called, but it's this. Oh. And he plays um, McVeigh. Oh. And so they're in this book, you know, and you see the sharks and you like, you know what I mean? Like it looks, it looks really good, but, uh. Yeah, the picture with them in the water with the sharks, like just floating next to a shark, like I'm, I'm no, out. Like I'm no. Can you? Oh imagine? my god! Oh no! I would, I would, I, I, I no, no, yeah. <laughs> but right. thanks, Jaws. Like you never know where you're gonna oh. find a story. Honestly, do you remember when um, 
Universal Studios used to have the oh, Jaws. I love that ride. <laughs> remember that movie? And was how it the, we come out of the water. Yeah, yeah. Remember the movie? Uh, remember the movie Mallrats? Oh my God, yes. And where Bro- wasn't Brody. Brody's the cute guy. It was Jason Lee. But the other guy was uh, going to go. Um, he w- They were going down to Universal Studios and he was going to ask his, he was going to ask his girlfriend to marry him. And they're like, he goes at, they're like at Universal. He's like, what part? When Jaws pops out of the water. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they don't have that anymore. They got rid of the Jaws. They did, because I got to tell you, I brought my daughter to Universal. I forgot what birthday it was. Maybe her eighth birthday, I brought her to Universal because I wanted to go on the Jaws ride, yeah. right? So we go on all these rides. We're walking through Harry Potter. And I said to the guy, where's the Jaws ride? And he goes, you're standing on it. Like that's, <gasps> yeah, they replaced that. I remember, yeah, ride. and they got rid of, um, they had like, they used to have the psycho house and oh the birds, God. remember yes. they had the birds oh with like, it was God. like that, I don't know what it was, the 3D or yeah. whatever. Oh, so good. Yeah, that's gone too. God, Universal's yeah. a great. I know. It's I need, a great to, place to, I need go. to bring my kids just oh, for like a fun weekend. God, they would love at it. At some point in time. Please, can I come with <gasps> yes, you? Yes, please. Please, can I bring my children? Yes, let's do it together. They would have so much because fun. Because my husband won't go. Yeah, let's do it. We've talked about <gasps> this I know. Already. We got to plan. We got to plan a good we gotta, day. We got to do. We got to do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this was fun. <gasps> this was a good episode. Oh, my God. So good. So I want to make an ask of our audience, like those of you like listening, please just share the pod with like one person, like send a link and just say, hey, have you heard this show? Um, and really help like get us out there. Yeah, that'd be awesome. All right. That's all. That's my ask. Please. For this week. I oh, mean, and make sure everyone you know is registered to vote. I don't yes. know if you can see this, but. Yeah. Tina says, ask yeah. me how to register to vote. Yes. Yes, please. It's Election coming. season is upon us. It's happening. Yep. God bless. <sighs> all right. Well, I'll see you next week. <gasps> yep. And bye. Bye. If you want to see any photos or take a deeper dive into our stories, please go to our website, www.themuckpodcast.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Muck Podcast and on our Twitter at Muck Podcast. To support The Muck Podcast, please visit our Patreon page. We have three levels of support with exclusive content, Muckraker, Policy Wonk, or Bleeding Heart. We can't do this without you.